Welcome back to our study of the Psalms. We are looking at Psalm 27 today, another Psalm of David. And it begins this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. So the first thing he says here is that the Lord makes him fearless. Right? God is his deliverer, his refuge, his salvation, his light in the darkness. He is the one who preserves and protects him. And so he says, essentially, with, with the Lord present in my life, with the Lord at work in my life, what do I have to be afraid of? What do I have to fear? And the answer, of course, there is nothing. He's confident that his uh, his um, enemies will fall instead of him. Verse 2, uh, it is they who stumble and fall, right? His adversaries, his foes, uh, because God protects David. Uh, in verse 3, he says, even though there's an army, right? Even though there's war awaiting me, an army encamping against me, even in that situation, he says, I'll be confident, right? Even, even what would terrify most people, right? The prospect of war being at your door. He says, I'm not scared. I'm confident because I know the Lord is with me and I know the Lord will protect me. And then he says, verse four, and I, I love this verse so much. He says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, when he says, this is the one thing that I ask, we've spent enough time in the Psalms to know that David asks for a lot of things. What he's saying is, this is his primary request. This is his chief prayer, right? He wants to be in God's presence, right? He wants to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, forever. He wants to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, he says. He wants to see God's glory. And he says he wants to inquire or meditate in his temple. So he wants to meditate on and contemplate who God is, God's greatness, God's glory. That's what he wants more than anything, more than he wants his enemies to be defeated, more than he wants to be protected, more than the other things that David asks for throughout the Psalms. What he wants most of all is God, to be in God's presence, to see God's face, to, um, to dwell on God's goodness and glory and beauty and so on. That's what he wants most of all. And then verse 5 and 6, he says, For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So, he, again, he's confident in God's protection, that God will preserve him, that God will defend him, but also that God will exalt him, right? That he'll lift him up, put him up on a high place, right? He says he'll lift me high upon a rock. Uh, verse 6, now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies. Right? So, again, he's, he's being exalted. He's being lifted up by God, not just preserved, right, but put over, lifted up above, his head lifted up above his enemies. Uh, then verse 7, he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. 
Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. So here he talks first about how God has said that we should seek his face. And David says, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek your face. I want to know you. I want to see you. Uh, I want to be near to you. So please don't hide yourself from me. Right? Let me see your face. If I'm supposed to seek your face, let me see it. And then he says, uh, even those nearest to him uh, have forsaken him. Or um, I think Hamilton in his commentary points out that uh, it could be even if my family were to forsake me. Right? There's different ways that that could be translated. So whether David is saying he has been forsaken by his family, his father and mother, or whether he's saying even if they were to forsake me, uh, he says to God, I know that you won't. I know that you will receive me. I know that you will welcome me. So he has, he has the most confidence, right, in God, in God receiving him and God loving him and God caring for him, even if those um, nearest human relations uh forsake him he knows that god will not and then verse 11 and 12 he says teach me your way O lord and lead me on a level path because of my enemies give me out up to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence so this is very similar to what we saw in psalm 25 verses 4 and 5 uh, david here is asking for god to teach him his way god what do you do what are you like what is your character what's your way uh, of doing things, so to speak? What is the way that you um, follow, as it were, so that I can follow you better as I know more uh, who you are and what you do? And lead me, right? Just lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Don't let me stumble. Don't let me fall. Don't lead me into temptation because if I fall, my enemies are going to pounce on me. Um, and so he says, you know, don't give me up to them. Like they, they're saying false things about me. Um, they are breathing out violence, he says. They're trying, like they want to hurt me, perhaps even destroy me. Don't let them succeed. And then he says, verse uh, 13 and 14, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So David seems to be expressing here confidence in verse 13 that God is going to answer his prayer not let his enemies get the upper hand so that he will see God's goodness in the land of the living. He's not going to die, at least not at this point, right? But he will continue to live and get to see God's goodness. And then he encourages us to, to wait for the Lord. We talked about this before too. Waiting for God doesn't mean not doing anything else. It just means uh, in our heart, in our spirit, right? We have a an anticipation, a longing for God to, show up and answer and act and uh we may have to go about doing other things while we're waiting but it's a it's instead of uh waiting is not a ceasing to do other things but an anticipation right an expectation a hope um even while we may be doing other things um so that's what david is talking about how does all this connect to christ how does all this relate to Jesus. Well, of course, Jesus was even more fearless than David. D Jesus had no nothing to fear. Uh, he knew that his father was with him. Um, he was exalted after his resurrection. Not only was he raised from the dead, but he was 
lifted up to sit at God's right hand and all of his enemies are put under his feet. So he was exalted and lifted up. Um, he was in many ways abandoned by friends and family, um, but ultimately was not abandoned by the father, right? Now he, we, he does cry out, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me from the cross? We saw that in Psalm 22, but he's not ultimately uh, abandoned by his father, uh, even though his disciples disperse, um, you know, during his ministry, his brothers didn't believe in him. Um, his family seems to think he's crazy at one point. Um, but God uh, did not ultimately uh, abandon him. He was also vindicated over false witnesses and enemies. And David talks about those, um, you know, false witnesses breathing out uh, violence. Um, Jesus had false witnesses testify against him. Uh, clearly, there was violence in the hearts of those who wanted Jesus destroyed. They wanted him to die. Uh, and yet, um, though he did give himself up willingly to death, he was vindicated. He was raised from the dead, and they did not uh, succeed, right? They did not uh they did not end up with the upper hand. Um, and then David's words in verse 13, while for David, it sounds to me like he he's confident that God is not going to let him perish at the hands of his enemies. Uh, in in Jesus's case, um, looking upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I think would point to his resurrection, right? That though he does die in order to deliver us, right? He is raised again back in the land of the living, right? To see the goodness of the Lord. So um, we see lots of ways, right, that these the psalm points to Jesus. And then there's several ways that we can learn uh, and be encouraged to pray from this psalm, right? We can remind ourselves not to fear, uh, remind ourselves of the reasons we have to trust in God and to affirm uh, to the Lord that we do trust him uh, and ask him to help us not to be afraid. Uh, we can also, it's also good for us to focus on our chief desire, right? In our prayers, like David, we pray for all kinds of things. Um, what is it that we really want that's at the root of all that? Uh, when we pray for people to be healed, for marriages to be restored, uh, for people to be provided for financially, uh, what is it that we're ultimately after? Are we just praying for a good life here and now? No, we're, we, what we want is for things to be set right the way that God originally intended them to be in the Garden of Eden. And what we really want at the root of all that then is to be in God's presence because he's the one who can set all things right. And so that's what we're really ought to be really longing for is just to be near to God himself. Uh, it's good to ask God to answer, to reveal himself, uh, to receive us, right? When we feel abandoned by others, God, take me in, God, be near to me. Uh, when we're When we're praying, it's okay to say, God, Hear me, answer me, be gracious to me. Um, God, you've told me to seek you, so please show yourself to me. Show up. The, you know, Let me know that you're here, those, those kinds of things. Uh, it's good to ask God to teach us and to lead us, as David prays here in Psalm 25. And then don't forget to trust him and to wait. God doesn't always answer our prayers immediately. Uh, his response is not always, doesn't always come when we want it to. Um, we have to wait, uh, and waiting requires faith. Waiting requires trust. We know that God is trustworthy. We know that God is faithful, and so we can wait on him with the expectation, right, with the hope, with the confidence that he will answer, he will deliver, and he will 
Wir sehen uns dann direkt beim Podcast und hören. Bis dann. Abwärts.